0: You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in 5782, 2021. This week's Parsha is Parsha Hazinu. And I'd like to give you a few thoughts about the Parsha, the very beginning of the Parsha, as well as moving into Sukkot. We're coming out of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, besides for being, of course, the Day of Atonement, when Hashem forgives us for all of our averus, It's also the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Lucha Shneis, Moshe Rabbeinu Moses came down from the mountain with the second set of tablets on this day. So it's a day of Torah. It's a day of receiving the Torah. It's a day of rededication in our relationship with God, with Hashem. Sukkot. Sukkot is also coming right up. And if we look at Sukkot, and we look at what happens at the end of Sukkot, perhaps we can notice something, and that is, the end of Sukkot, we celebrate the completion of the entire Torah. Simchas Torah happens on Shmini Yatzeres, the last day of Sukkis. And that represents the fact we have Receiving the Torah at the beginning by Yom Kippur, 21 days later, 22 days later, we have the receiving of the Torah, the completion of the Torah that we received. And in between we have this period, of excitement, we're so excited, we have the Arba Minim, we have the the Lula of the Esrug, we have the Mitzvah of the Sukkah. I'd like to suggest that perhaps even the Sukkah itself revolves very much around Torah, very much around the concept of the Torah. Why? Where do you see that? Perhaps you could say that the sukkah itself reminds us, The purpose of the sukkah is to remind us that Hashem protected us in the Midbar, inside of the wilderness for 40 years. And we all know how did He protect us, besides for the fact that, of course, we had booths, we had tents, etc. to protect us, but we had the awesome clouds of Hashem's glory protecting us in the Midbar. And we commemorate that. We remind ourselves of that. By stepping out of our homes and recognizing and remembering Hashem is always protecting us. We're in the tzila Mamanusa, We're in the shadow. We're in the under the the wings of the divine presence, so to speak. The Torah itself, we could say, as we'll soon perhaps see in the Medrash. The Torah itself is a protection from the winds, from the rain. Right? We're going to talk about rain because we have we we have this mushal of the rain. The pasuk refers yarov lekhi. You know, you don't so much want to hear about rain on sukkahs, right? But just like the sukkah protects us, the, the, the machzor, the Mister the mi mitzvah, the pasuk says it's something to protect us from the rain. The Torah as well, just like Hashem protected us in the wilderness, God gave us something to protect us through all time, and that is the taira. the taira, the intellectual uh, property that we have that God bequeathed to us, the information here, the mitzvahs, the commandments. These all serve as a protection for us throughout our sojourn in our many Goliaths, many, the many wildernesses that we've tra- uh, traveled and traversed. So, with that introduction, perhaps we can have a little bit of an understanding of the Midrashim here that speak very much about Torah, and I think that uh, Sukkot is a great time, sitting in our Sukkah. I remember last year, I was actually in quarantine last year, so uh it was a time for me to learn, of course, to be with my family. And indeed, let's see some interesting things about the Torah as it is compared to rain and to wind. And we'll see more. The Torah begins with the awesome song, which is the Edus, the testimony of Moshe Rabbeinu, of Moses, for the Jewish people to remember for all time about our relationship with Hashem and how it's a never-ending relationship. And of course, as we said, the way that we express our relationship best is through the Torah, our commitment to Torah, to God's will for us. Hazinu Hashemai Listen up, O heavens, and I will speak. And the land shall hear the words of my lips. And here, you know, at the beginning of the song, at the beginning. So whenever you want to understand something, you can look in two places. At the beginning or at the end. Because the beginning is the first thought. And the end is the sum up of all that went on before. So here at the very beginning of the song, Ya'arayv kamotar l'khi. The Torah wants us to know what is the song about? What is the of Sebas? What is this testimony? What is this covenant between God and the Jewish people? How is it expressed? It's expressed in the Torah. Ya'arayv kamotar l'khi. The, the lekach, this gift that the gives us, which is the Torah, it comes down like rain. tizal katal Imrasi, and it flows like dew, my word, God says. Okay, so we have so far two different and two different analogies. One is rain. The Torah is like rain in some sense. We'll see soon how. And in another sense, it's like dew. Rain is something that comes perhaps suddenly. Rain is something that's very powerful. It, it goes everywhere. It goes, I'm sorry, not, not so much everywhere. <laughs> it goes in some places. Matar, that's rain. Tal, however, tal, which means dew, that's something that falls equally in small amounts early in the morning and late in the evening. The Torah is somehow compared to each of these, and we'll see soon in what ways. Like the powerful winds that go through the grass, and like drops of water, says Rashi, that come upon the grass as well. Okay, we'll see. Hopefully, I don't know if we'll have time to get through all the different pieces over here that speak about these verses, but let's see if we can. The power of Torah, the power of our of our relationship with Hashem, receiving the Torah, the love of Hashem, the forgiveness of Hashem and Yom Kippur, leading on through Sukkot, this time of awesome joy, expressing our thanks to God for forgiving us, expressing our excitement to be in that relationship with Hashem, culminating with Simchat Torah, it's all about Tyra, it's all about this covenant, these mitzvahs. Very important thing. The first thing that the measure says, that I'm reading to you from the measure in the Sifri, like this. The Mejush says, Whenever you have the lashing of Arifah, what is Ya'arif Likhi? my gift is to you like rain, Ya'arif, what does Ya'arif mean? Ein yarev hariga means to kill. Shenem arufu shames haegla banach. We find by the egla arufa, by the calf that is killed in a place where they found a, mur- a murdered human being. So it uses a lashon of arufu. Alma egla mechaperes says the gemara, the magush, on what is this calf going to atone? Al shvichus damim for somebody who was killed. Kach devei terem mechaper makol in a similar way, interestingly, says the Medrash, the Torah has the power to atone for our sins. Coming out of Yom Kippur, heading into a time of joy, atonement, the Torah serves as atonement for us. It's like Sirem on the grass. What are Sirem? So the Medrash here understands that Sirem, instead of meaning wind, as we explained before, it, it means a korban. A seir is a type of korban. What do the korbanos? Come to atone for Al So when a person studies the Torah, when a person rededicates himself to one's relationship to God, so it serves as a kapar and atonement for him. What's the idea of atonement? It's a returning to our relationship with Hashem. It says the Medrash further, and I believe that this is an explanation of the first statement of the Medrash. Chachamim, <laughs> the sages say, <laughs> Moshe says to the Jewish people, "I want you to know." That my going to receive the Torah was not a simple thing. It was not just, you know, you walk up to Shemaim, you, you walk in there into the heavens, they give you the Torah, you come back down. No, no, no. It wasn't so simple. Shema Enatam Yodim Starti la Torah. Kama And I believe that this is the explanation for why it's a kappara. Why is it that the words of Torah serve as an atonement for me? As we said, partly because we're entering back into our relationship with God. But on another level, there's a desire. There's a pain. There's a challenge, a difficulty involved in studying the Torah. We don't immediately understand the words of Torah. We try to understand it. There's a depth here that we need to plumb. There's a there's words sometimes the midrashon that are hard to understand. The Gemara we don't understand. We work at it. Mesh says I worked at it. Do you know how much work I worked? <speaking in Hebrew> I was there 40 days and 40 nights. Moshe Abenu didn't eat. He didn't sleep. 40 days and 40 nights straight. Studying the Torah. I was there 40 days and 40 nights. He says, listen to this. I went amongst the angels. One of the angels are called fiery angels. Each one of those fiery angels could burn the entire world. The is a type of angel, a fiery angel, that is there by the kisei, covered by the throne of God's glory. I gave my I gave my life for the Torah. I gave my blood. I I I did something which was extremely challenging and almost impossible. Moshabenu says, just like I studied the Torah and I did it in a difficult way, I was challenged, overcame the challenges, so too you should do the same thing. And I'm adding, based on the previous statement of the of the medrash, and you will have a kapar, you will you will atone, you will re-enter into your, your relationship with Hashem. Depending on how much, like Chazal said the Agra, the reward is greater according to how much a person is challenged, how much pain and difficulty a person goes through. So the major says, quantifies what we're saying. said You should know that there's going to be difficulty and challenge when it comes to learning. But when it comes to giving it over to a student, don't think that it's an obligation for the teacher to make it hard for the student. There's an aspect of mutter, of rain, Heavy rain, something that comes down very hard. But then there's also an idea of tizal katalim rasi, which means Russian of zol, which means cheap, which means not difficult to acquire. A person should offer it to his students in a way that they can receive it easily. They'll be interested in receiving it. You know, you, you trap them, so to speak, you draw them in, and then they have to face with face off with the challenge. But that's the idea of the Medrash. Okay, another piece in the Madrash. This is the Medrash is a beautiful thing. When it comes to trees and the rain, the rain comes down and it provides sustenance for many different types of trees, many different flavors of trees. <speaking in> but <Hebrew> the rain. Gives the taste to the grapes have a grape taste. The olives have an olive taste. The dates have a date taste. Also words of Torah. The Torah itself is one thing. It's one gush. It's one, uh, one body. Hard to translate it precisely. It's one concept all encompassing. There's all different types of things that a person can find, can connect to within Torah. Some people connect to Medrash. Some people connect to Gemara. Some people connect to Mishnah. Some people connect to, to the Torah itself, to the chamisha HaChum Shei Some people love Tanakh. Some people like Halacha. There's so many different aspects within the Torah. There's something in there for every, everyone. Just like, and, and interestingly and beautiful, beautifully, The Torah is something which is like rain. It makes that which is within the person grow. Just like a Geffen, it has its own DNA. The grapes, they grow there, they have their taste. But how do they grow? They grow as a result of the rain. The rain brings out that taste. The Geffen finds its own taste in the rain, so to speak. So too the Torah. Each person has his Netiyah. He has the things that he's inclined to, the things that he loves. In the Torah, a person finds those things and amazing fruits come out. It says, imagine another cool thing. Just like when it comes to rain. So you don't know until it just it can just suddenly spring out on you. It just starts raining suddenly. This is obviously before they had weathermen. But the weathermen aren't always right, you know. Just like the rain can suddenly spring on a person. Right, the verse describes in Malachim Aleph in 1 Kings. Chapter 18, verse 45, how the, the rain just started pouring. So too, you want to know what it means to be a Talmud Chacham. Sometimes you, you hear somebody speak and they're, they're so well-rounded, they've received so many different concepts, they've invested so much time, years and years and decades and decades into their Torah learning. You don't even know how much they know until they start talking. It's just like sudden, boom, like the rain springs upon you. So, too, it is with the Torah. So, too, it is with the Torah. Okay, a few more concepts here. Just beautiful, beautiful introduction that I wanted to share with you. So, we see. In the verses previous that we read, we saw that Moshe Rabbeinu, the Moses said that the heavens and the earth will be witnesses to the covenant between the Jewish people and God. How do we know, where do we see that the winds as well were to be these witnesses? Each of the different aspects of the verse refers to a different direction of the wind. refers to the westerly wind. Tizal Kadalam Rassi zoruch phonus refers to the northerly wind. She Issa Esarakiya Nikia cleans off the Rakia as clean as gold. Kisir Maladesha Zoruch Mizrachis The next part of the verse refers to the easterly wind. Shamashirum, which darkens the heavens. The Khiravima the As of Zoruch Dremis Chamalmarviv. This is a reference to the southerly wind. Each of these different winds are represented here in this verse and they all bear witness to the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that God has a relationship with the Jewish people that lasts forever through the Torah. And again, my thought about the fact that the Torah protects us. These are winds that might be destructive. Just like the sukkah protects us, it's not the strongest structure, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who's really protecting us. That's what is to remind us. So too the Torah itself, intellectually, through our performance of the mitzvahs, through our learning of the Torah, it protects us from the winds of change that go on throughout the world, through the new isms and the new uh, concepts that the world takes on, progressive, progressivism, cancel culture, all the different cultures that come along, that blow a person this way and that way, and they come and go. It wasn't long ago that communism was the way to go, Marxism, etc. All these different cultures, and, and the winds blow this way and the winds blow that way. Still, here we are, protected by the Torah, consistently, as represented by the Sukkah, by the Torah before, the Yom Kippur that we received by the Torah after, that we receive, we complete the Sukkah's Torah and we dance with the Torah. This is the center of who we are. This is our protection from the nations of the world. Measures continues. We have time to probably finish all of these pieces. They're just beautiful. Each one of them is a gem. ...in and of itself... ...if a person will gather words of Torah in a similar way to someone who takes water... ...bottles of water, jugs of water, used to be how they store the water... ...they would store them in pits, in the ground. They would lay cement on the pits. They would store the water in the pits. It was a cold place, protected from the elements. So if you put a, a certain amount of water into the ground... So you're going to get back how much water that you put in, should say, drink, as the verse says in Mishlei, Proverbs, "Drink water from your pit." But if instead of taking bottles of water, you take the rain and you collect the rain, you have uh, irrigation, bringing the rain to your massive pits. If you receive Torah in a way that's enough for yourself, so it's enough for yourself, that's what you get. Whatever goes in is what you get for yourself. But if you receive the Torah, The Torah is received like like the rain. How can I collect as much rain as I can? How can I receive as much and put into as many storehouses as possible? So then the result is, Like Tal. Tal is something which is spread everywhere. As we said, rain is something that might fall in one location. But Tal, the dew, it's something that's spread evenly over many different places. If a person receives the Torah like rain, so then he sprouts forth the words that he says are also going to be able to inspire others because it's going to overflow to others as well. They will flow out of your the air out of your well. The verse says also in, Mishle, in that in the next verse, that your ma'ayanos, your rivers, your springs, I'm sorry, will shoot out as rivers. Says the Medrash, a beautiful marshal. We talked about the rain, we talked about the dew. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the wind. What is the effect of the wind in the world, and why is the Torah compared to wind? Wind blows through the through the grass. It the the grass flows and and shakes in the wind, and and the wind helps it to grow. Torah also has that effect. Also has that impact, to raise you up, to cause you to grow. To make you greater, the terra spins you around, makes it very windy, and raises you up and like revivim drops of of rain in the in the in the grass when little drops of rain fall upon the grass, you know I can picture you know a field of grass and the rain falling on you see the rain. The the drops of rain hitting the grass, the grass going up and down, so it's it's cleaning it off, it's taking care of it. (laughs) Taira also has that ability can can have that effect. (laughs) The taira is something which is a beautiful gives you chen, it gives you grace. Okay, last part of the metrus. Masirum will wrap up. We can think about this over Sukkot. We can think about this as we hear about rain. Hopefully not anywhere near our Sukkot. Another in the final point. Masirum halalu yardim. Another point about the wind. Just like these, the, the winds blow. Allah on the on the grass. my son Adumim, Yerukim, similar point to what we saw before. There's red grass, there's green grass, there's different colored grass. there's white grass. There are different results when it comes to a person who studies the Torah, who's in a real relationship with Hashem. Some people are big chacham and they're very wise, they develop a, a tremendous understanding and intellectual collection, so to speak. Some people are cherim, they're good people, they do what's right, they follow the laws of the Torah. Some people are righteous, they're tzaddikim, they have that aspect. Some people are chasidim, which is a different type of righteousness. But each and every one of them, just like you have different colors of grass, and just like we saw before, you have different types of fruits producing different ty- fruit trees producing different types of fruits. The Torah is one thing that brings about all of these things. So, with all of these thoughts, combine them together, think about them, ponder them, pick out one thing that you like, maybe you can share it at your table on Sukkot, with your family, maybe we can think about it, going from Yom Kippur, the time of receiving the luchas until Simchas Torah, when we rejoice with the completion of the Torah. Beginning of the Torah, end of the Torah, between that is the time of Sukkot when we're protected by the Shechina. The Torah protects us. The Dordea, the, the ultimate generation when the Jews had just received the Torah, kept the Torah in the wilderness, nothing like it. That was the Dordea. We are going back there. We are returning to that place. So I bless you and ask you to bless me that we should indeed have the ability to incorporate these insights into ourselves have a beautiful shamus have a wonderful sukkah thank you so much for listening this podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you for more podcasts like this please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes Ari Goldwag